All-American and Big Ten Pitcher of the Year at the University of Michigan and now current professional softball athlete, Haley Wagner is a force to be reckoned with. From competing against her in the Big Ten to eventually on the professional stage, I learned that Haley is so much more than just a pitcher. Can you take a guess who's going to be on the podcast this week? She's an incredible teammate, an extremely hard worker, and wants to see this game grow more than most people that get to play it at the level she's currently at. Even though Haley's NPF season was canceled this year, she and a few other pro athletes, including Sam Fisher, who we had on the podcast a few months ago, were putting their heads together on how they can bring the sport of softball into the limelight and on the big screen in the midst of the uncertain and scary times of the pandemic we are still living through. That was with Athletes Unlimited. In this chat, we get to know what made Haley have this incredible work ethic, what lessons she learned from the coaching staff at Michigan, and how her parents were key figures in her life to make her the leader that she currently is on the mound. We also learn a bit about the professional league itself and where it's headed. Y'all are going to love Haley. Ever since I got to know how much of a bubbly light she is in this game a few years ago, I knew she would be the perfect guest on the show to share with our community how incredible our sport is and the exciting places that it's headed. She even gives a few pointers on how to master the art of pitching and what it was like competing on the same team as Kat Osterman in the final week of Athletes Unlimited. Here's my interview with my longtime friend, Haley Wagner. Hey there, I'm Ashley Burkhart, owner of Ashley B Training, former D1 athlete and professional athlete in the game of softball. I even spent a little bit of time coaching at the college level as well, but now I coach athletes and especially youth athletes and I try to teach them the ways to become the very best versions of themselves. And I know that they can't do that without a support system that will do anything and everything to make sure their dreams and their goals happen for them. A lot of times I hear parents and coaches saying, hey, I'm just gonna dish my athlete off to you. Hopefully you can figure out what her issue is. Here's the deal. That's not how we should coach. That's not how we should parent. And I can tell you right now, I'm not a parent, but your athlete is the most influenced by you. And I truly believe that you are one of the reasons why she plays the game. And I truly believe you are one of the reasons why she plays so hard. So if we can learn from some of the greats, I'm gonna have some of the best softball players, some of the best softball players, parents, even my parents and my family are gonna be on this podcast sharing our journeys with you so that when the cleats do come off, you know what to say so that she can learn from her mistakes sooner, so that she can become the best version of her. And that's what we want. We want our athletes to be able to thrive and that's why we're here. So welcome to this podcast. This is going to get real. This is going to get deep. And I'm here to challenge your thinking. That's why I coach. I'm really excited for you to be here. And I can't wait to hear who else is going to be along this journey with us, learning from some of the best. I'm going to be learning too. So whip out your notebook and let's head to the next episode. Hey everyone, welcome back to another week of When the Cleats Come Off. I am so excited for you guys to meet one of my really close friends in the game. We go back to when we played against each other in the Big Ten, and then afterwards professionally. Haley Wagner, welcome to the conversation. I'm so excited to have you here. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you. 
Man, I mean, just before this, we were like talking about a bunch of things that we were like, why don't we just start recording now? Because we feel like so many people are probably going to be able to learn from this conversation. Mm-hmm. But honestly, you are one of the first people I've ever thought of to come on the podcast because you've done so much in the game, like not just with, you know, your performances, but you, we talked about this, giving back to a bunch of people by playing for Athletes Unlimited. There's just a whole huge conversation I want to have with you. But before I get into that, I would love if you broke down, especially for parents that are listening, you know, what was it like growing up in California, playing the game, learning the game and, you know, ending up pursuing your dream to play at Michigan and then later on Athletes Unlimited. Can you break us down? I mean, however long it takes, go for it. Absolutely. I'll try to keep it short because that's a long story. But um (laughs) Growing up in California, like obviously it's a big softball world out there. Um, A lot of recruiting is done out there and a lot of big names have come out from there. But for me, actually being from Orange County, the city of Orange, it's actually a small town that not a lot of people know about. And I wasn't on one of those teams that everybody knew about. I wasn't on the Batbusters. I wasn't on the SoCal A's. Like I was on a small team, California Courage, that was formed in 2004 that I was on the entire time from 04 to 11. So it's like, I, I had a unique process with it all and you don't have to be on a big name team to go somewhere big and to showcase who you are. And I think that's so important for parents to hear and understand because in today's recruiting world, it's they, every, everybody wants their kid to be on this big team, this big name, the big showcases, which I completely understand, but it's really where you are and anybody can see you at any moment. So for me, growing up in California with Courage, I just kind of played. I was not always, I was not how I am now. I was actually like terrible. And <laughs> a lot of people, it was like a shock that I even made it to college and then play professionally. It's just like, it's a long process of it. And everybody's journey is different. And mine is, mine is completely different. So Growing up, getting on California Courage, um, I was 11 years old. So about a year before, I like to joke around with my parents about this now, is that I couldn't find the strike zone to save my life. <laughs> and my parents were like paying money for these lessons and they were starting to get frustrated. Um, my sister also was also a pitcher. So they were like, why can't Haley figure this out when Kylie did when she was 10? So they actually almost quit on me. And they don't like hearing this, but I joke around with it. And but they decided not to because they saw how much I loved the game. They saw how much I had, like I had so much joy out of it that they were like, Hey, we're going to keep doing this and we're going to keep going. And they supported me no matter what. So luckily and thankfully they stuck with me because I wouldn't be here (laughs) without them. (laughs) And from then on, once I joined courage, I kind of started finding myself. Like I loved being on the team. I loved the coaching Craig Weaver that I had. And he's like my second dad. Now he is a huge supporter of mine with Athletes Unlimited. He bought my shirt. He texts me every single day I was pitching. Like it was so great. So um, another big thing for me is that Courage was like a family. We bonded right away. Everybody bought into what we were doing and we had a lot of fun doing it. And Craig wasn't this strict, like he was strict. Yes, he was. But he had fun with it too. And he knew he had a good balance between it. So for parents looking for a travel ball team for their kids, you have to look for all these things that, want, that you want for your kid, which is good coaching, being strict, but also the ability to have fun. I think that's so important in travel ball, 
especially in today's age and recruiting, like I was recruited 10 plus years ago to Michigan and just seeing, as you know, like just seeing how recruiting has changed. It's just, it's so big. So fast forward to high school. I didn't really know that I wanted to play college. Um, I just was like, oh yeah, I can play softball. This is something that people are doing. Like, sure. I'll start sending letters out and making a video and just figuring out what I wanted to do. And I actually was recruited by five schools, I think. And Michigan was my last visit. So Mm. through the whole process with Craig and my high school coach, um, Steve Harrington at El Medina, like they really prepared me and they were hard on me and they believed in me. And I would come home sometimes like upset with my parents, but my parents just kept believing saying, Hey, like, this is something you really and truly want. Like, it's going to be okay. You need to learn from this. There is a lesson behind this and you have to keep moving forward. So I was this girl from a small town in Orange County, which people when they hear Orange County, they don't think it's a small town, but it's actually a really small city there. And softball isn't terribly big in Orange. I was able to stay committed, stay dedicated. My parents supported me through everything and anything that I wanted to do, even on the hard days and paid for all my lessons and camps and high school stuff. And ultimately that got me to Michigan. So just being able to go through that whole process and it wasn't easy for me. It was difficult, but everybody's journey is different. Everybody's story is different. And I love being able to share mine, knowing that it didn't come easy. It was difficult. It was hard, but I worked for it and I pushed myself beyond limits that I knew. So it's just been really rewarding this whole, like just thinking back to 11 year old me on where I was to now 27 year old me and like playing professionally for my sixth season and helping launch a new professional league. Like it's just amazing to see where all this hard work and dedication can come from. And it all started when I was 10 and 11 years old. That's so awesome. And and I definitely want you to elaborate on something that we talked about prior to this mm-hmm. about you hating lessons. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and, and I'm so intrigued because I'm sitting here like I do this for a living. Like I mm-hmm. teach young athletes how to develop strength and confidence and, you know, build their swings, build their defense to be the best it can be. And you hated lessons, but you sounds like you didn't really need them as I mean, you went to them, but yeah you know, maybe you did a lot more on your own to see your own growth. How was that like for you? Yeah. So lessons were not my favorite thing. Practicing was not my favorite thing, but I knew I had to do it to become better. And I knew I had to practice. I knew I had to put in the extra work. And I, I remember specifically, I remember my room in California. It was the flip phone razor, everything that I was so upset that I didn't want to go to lessons. I threw my phone on my bed and it hit my pillow like I just tossed it. It wasn't like a chuck or anything. Just tossed it, hit my pillow, went up and hit the um, wall, bounced off and hit the wall and broke my phone. And I remember <gasps> that just be- that happened because I didn't want to go to a lesson. I was oh like, my gosh. so I like that is like permanently in my brain that I did not like lessons that much. But I also think that was like a little bit of a, Hey, I just broke my phone over not wanting to go to lessons. It's not worth that. Mm-hmm. Like going to lessons, I'm getting better. My parents are putting the money in for it they're supporting me, they're loving me. And this is only going to make me better. And I think that's when something clicked in me of like, Hey, like if you want this and you want to have fun and continue to grow as a person and an athlete, you need to not just toss your phone on the bed and break it, but (laughs) go to these lessons and trust the process and trust your coaches that are around you. And I give lessons in camps too to kids. So I really try to think back of the lessons I went to and how 
I would want it to be different. Mm. And I think being able to be in the softball world, like, so I had mainly male coaches, hitting coaches and pitching coaches during this time period that I'm thinking of. And I really had, I don't know. I think it's completely different when you have a softball player in that role Mm -hmm. and being able to relate in a different way and creating that comfortability with the athletes. So for me, comparing like my younger less when I was younger with lessons to now, I like to be a lot more interpersonal with the kids and really get to know them and really just like understand what their thought process is and kind of create those life skills and mentoring them through softball and my past experiences. Yeah. And and that is so interesting that you say that because, you know, I've seen athletes, you know, when they first start coming to me, they have that same mentality of, I don't want to be there. What Mm -hmm. is this for? You know, what's my vision? But I've tried to also do the same and tailor lessons to be like, hey, this is about you figuring out how to be the best version of you. And Mm -hmm. if you have big goals in mind, we're here to make those happen. So it sounds like when you made that revelation to yourself internally that I got big dreams and I know this is necessity for me to becoming the best version of me. It seemed a little bit easier. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. They, they weren't fun. And I know kids today still don't think they're fun and like practicing is sometimes not fun for kids, but it is a necessity to get to your dreams and your goals. And that is like, it's a mindset that you have to, if you want this, you have to go do it and you have to do your best that you can. And yeah, you're going to have days where you're not doing your best, but that's also where you learn the most. Like, I know you know that is that days where you struggle is where you learn the most about adversity and who you are as a person and how you respond to it. So yeah. I'm still learning this every single day. Like, <laughs> this this year with Athletes Unlimited, just like there's days where I didn't feel good. And I knew that I just had to trust myself and, hey, how can I be better tomorrow? I've been pitching for 20 plus years now. I think this is year 20 going on 21. And I have to trust myself. And that's another thing too, is uh, parents and kids, they have to trust their coaches that they believe in and being able just to buy into what they're doing and really understanding where they're coming from and just really committing to it. Like, you know, it's commitment and trust. It's so hard to get through two kids and people, but it's totally worth it in the end. And each kid is different. They're going to sometimes get it, sometimes not, but there's also going to be times where you have to figure out a different way to get that through their head in a different saying. Yeah. So you brought up Athletes Unlimited. I think it's time yep. to, to dive in. Let's now, one thing I want to ask you is, do you feel like you're a better pitcher now than you were when you were pitching at Michigan? Um, yes. I think in, there's so many different ways. Yes and no, I guess. Um, I think at Michigan, it I had my pitching coach then and we did so great and so well. Jen Brundage, who we call Biggie, um, she made she has made me into the pitcher I am today. And I miss working with her every single day and like just talking to her and having her help me out and just see what's in that wonderful softball brain of her, brain of hers <laughs> with pitching and just softball and life in general. I think I was so committed. College and pro are so different college. Mm -hmm. Like you are going out there, you're playing for your school. I was playing for Michigan. I was playing for the team. And I think the biggest difference from college to pro is that one, you don't really have those coaches to be there for you every single day. And you have to learn yourself of how, how do I create that same ask, like that same aspect and that same feeling with your coaches there. And you have to take everything that you learned into the pro league and 
one thing that I really realized with Jen Brundage is that she completely prepared me not only for softball, but for life as well. And I had to take everything I learned and apply it and know that she got me here for a reason and I have to trust myself and I just have to keep growing. So my rookie year with Pennsylvania Rebellion, I didn't have a backdoor curve. In college, all I had was a curve, a screw, and a changeup. Mm. And um, we can definitely talk about <laughs> a lot of pitchers think that they need to have six or seven pitches. And as when you're growing up, absolutely, you have to figure out what works best for you. But mm. as you get older, you, have, you figure out and develop who you are as a pitcher. And I knew I was not a drop-ball pitcher. Never there, never had it, and that was okay. I am more a curveball, screwball, changeup pitcher with some upspin, and I can work the ladder with my pitches. So I didn't know that in high school. I didn't fully know that until I got to college, and then I really found myself in the pro league, where after my rookie year, I actually taught myself a backdoor curve. Is that I went home in my backyard in Orange, where my dad built us a batting cage when I was 12 years old, and I set up a couple balls on tees, and I figured out how to throw a backdoor curve, and that really elevated my game. But I think as I get older and I see these amazing hitters more and more every single year, I have to adjust and become a better pitcher and figure out what can I change? What can I fix? What can I, um, what can I make a little bit better just to attack these hitters and beat them? These hitters Mm. are good. They are Mm. so good. And it's like a mind game and you have to really read it and have that good relationship with your catcher too. And yeah, it's, it's, it's been so different. Like thinking back to Michigan and how much fun I had to now and just the picture that I was like, I wish I had all the knowledge that I do right now and all the more so like just being able to trust myself and go out there and just have fun. I feel like in college, sometimes I was a little tense. I was a little trying, like trying too hard trying to be too perfect. And now here it's just go play softball, be myself, be Haley Wagner that everybody knows and loves and just attack the hitters. Mm, Man, there's so much I want to unpack from there. (laughs) But I love that you realized that you needed something else to have an edge, especially Mm -hmm. in the pro league. And you were willing to go try something brand new. It's not like you were trying to relearn pitching. You were just figuring out a new pitch yeah. And if that's not a testament to you evolving and you wanting to, you know, keep elevating in ways that, you know, some people are not willing to do, they're stuck in their own ways and they're like, I, I'm good. I know what I, I know what I know. I'm going to see how it works. And there's always going to be, especially when you play the game long enough, people are just going to start to know you and they're going to mm-hmm. know how to beat you. And you're like, no. They're, they're done trying to beat me. I'm coming out this next season with this new pitch. Yeah. How did it go for you the first season with the pitch though? It was okay. It wasn't, yeah. it was not perfect. It was not great. I worked in the off season season of it, but I mm-hmm. didn't throw to hitters yet. Like I was at yeah. home training by myself. So it was, I knew I could throw it, I guess. I knew I could figure it out and just like make it hit the, uh, the corner, but I didn't know if it would be successful. I didn't know if it would get hitters. So mm-hmm. No, it was, it was hard. It was difficult. And I just want, the more you throw a pitch, the more you figure it out and the more that you're able to trust it and just make little adjustments from here and here and there, that's where the confidence comes from. And there's sometimes where you just have to go for it. Like I remember somebody like, I think Kristen Sandberg was my catcher, my um, second year with rebellion. And she called the back door and I was like, 
all right, here we go. Let's just throw it. I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen right now, but like, let's just throw it. Let's go. Let's go for it. I'm going to trust it. And whatever happens, happens. And that's when you have to kind of make that, make that jump and take that leap of faith of just, how am I going to grow? We're going to see what happens. And if I don't throw it, that's only going to, I'm only going to regret that later on. Yeah. And I'm so glad you shared that lesson because I know a lot of people are maybe wanting to learn a new pitch, but they're like, but mm-hmm. I might not be good at it when I first start throwing mm-hmm. it in games. But Nobody's you, good at it. Nobody's exactly. good at it at first. Yeah. Exactly. Like it takes time. Like you said, every mm-hmm. rep gets you closer to being more comfortable with it. So now how's the backdoor curve? What do you feel about it? Do you even like second oh, guess great. it anymore? It. You just not at all. It's yeah. my it's one of my favorite pitches. Everybody that knows me and has watched me, I'm a curveball pitcher. Like that is my pitch, regular backdoor. Um, my changeup has really found itself this year too, and my screwball. So um I love it. It's my favorite. But an example of you of just trusting yourself in a pitch is that one for one pitch change up it's change up is a pitch you can throw millions and millions of times and it's going to be an okay change up it's never going to be perfect it's not going to be perfect days in a row for me personally i fully believe that your change up is one that you have to throw every single day for it just to be okay mm-hmm. and there's going to be days where it's like on and it's ready to go and the next day that it's just not fully there it's not like it was the day before and i witnessed that this year with athletes unlimited that, but you just kind of have to go with what you got that day. You have to just trust it, go for it. And with a changeup, you don't always have to hit your spot either. You just have to sell your pitch. So if you have a good arm swing, um, being able to just snap it hard, have a firm front leg and make it look like all your other pitchers, like pitches, you're going to be successful. So changeup is one of those pitches that I love to refer to that it's one that you can have since you were five, six, seven years old, whenever you started And at 27, it's still going to be one that you have to work on. Mm -hmm. And I know that I did an Instagram live last week with Kat Osterman. And she asked me if I could teach her my changeup because she's still wanting to evolve at 37 years old. She's still wanting to figure it out going to the Olympics next year. And that also like, that made me so happy knowing that she wanted to learn from me and she was still willing to grow, grow and evolve as a pitcher after all of these amazing years of experience. So change up is, is hard. It's difficult. All pitches are hard and difficult. You just have to go for it, throw it, practice it, and just continue to trust it. Mm, that's a beautiful testimony to the fact that every great athlete, no matter how old they are, they're still learning. They're mm-hmm. still trying something new and wanting to dive back into the grind. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm comparing this right now to my golf game. Like I don't play <laughs> professionally anymore but I'm dating someone who plays golf. So in my mind, I'm like, I'm gonna have to figure this sport out, right? So mm-hmm. that's my version of a new pitch. I yep. have no idea how to play this. Mm-hmm. I have to know that I'm gonna stink at it, even though I still am very competitive and get really frustrated with myself. Yep. yep. But as I see myself getting better at it, it's like, okay, like more swings, I'm more comfortable. It's like, it's mm-hmm. like anything, you know, if you wanna be good, you have to be able to try new things and evolve in new ways. So whether it's within the game of softball or not even, it's like, that's how confidence it's built. Absolutely. And reps. I like to tell my pitchers, so my little lessons when I start, and they get frustrated when they can't figure out a pitch or just like the fastball and the mechanics of it. And I'm huge on mechanics is pitching. Like you have to have good mechanics before you can go learn any other pitches. You have to be able to throw a fastball with good mechanics before anything else. And when I see my pitchers frustrated, I like to kind of look back knowing that 
some of them have younger siblings. So most of them do. So I kind of go, Hey, do you have like a younger sister or brother who they just learn how to crawl? And when they're crawling, they try to stand up and walk and they fall down and they get up again. It's the same thing with pitching is that you have to crawl before you can walk and you have to walk before you can run. And same with pitching is that it's a process and you just have to keep trying and trying and not give up with it because over time you are going to get it as you keep trying. So it's, I like to really, I really tie it in with that being able to crawl before you can walk and then you can run. Ah, these are such good gems. I hope people are taking (laughs) notes right now, especially like parents of pitchers, which they're everywhere. And I hope Mm -hmm. if you are especially that parent, please break, whip out your notebook. I'm taking notes. You're throwing out so many fire gems. I love it. All right. So you talked about Kat and Mm -hmm. you and I both know she was your teammate for the final week of athletes unlimited, which I was dreaming up this, this pair. Like I was like (laughs) the most ideal team would be like Kat and Haley. So tell me about what it was like being her teammate this past week. What were some things that maybe she was teaching you? And obviously she's learning from you as well. What was that like pitching with her? It was great. Like I know that I competed against her for the first four weeks. So finally being able to be on her team, I love competing against her. It's a lot of fun. I love competing in general, but being on her team, I loved that we were able to just talk about pitching and get to know how each other work and how our minds work and different phrases that are being used. On my Instagram live I had with her, we were talking about driving with our legs. And for me personally, I like to drive out and then up because I'm all about using my legs and getting a good stride. But for her later on, she was talking about how she likes to go up and then out. Hmm. And then she meant, she made a comment of like, maybe that's why I only throw 60, 61, but she has an amazing drop ball and is this amazing pitcher because that's what works for her. Then there's me that what works for me. I have this curveball screwball combo that I can hit 67. So it's just kind of, it's kind of cool just to hear those differences, but we're so, we're so different, but we're, we are both so successful. So being able just to learn the differences and figure out how that works. And that's not only going to help me understand her, but also like understand if I encounter a drop ball pitcher, if she encounters a curveball pitcher and how she can figure out how to work with them. And then I loved her leadership on the field. It's, she's just so competitive and so passionate about the sport that she will do anything to like, keep us up, keep us going. She'll just, she would come in like after coaching first base and just be like, all right, here we go. Wags, like get us back in here. Like you got this, keep going. And same thing when she was pitching, like we just always had each other's back. And I do that with all pitchers is that no matter who I'm with, no matter who I'm working with, like I know personally that if I get in trouble, somebody else is going to come in and have my back. And I know if, I'm still in the game that my defense is going to come into the dugout and produce offensively for me. And that's my goal as a pitcher is to attack the hitters and do what I can to get my defense back in to produce, produce offensively and being able to trust each other and have each other's back and just be competitive and go after them is so big. And I think Kat and I both have that mentality and that competitiveness. So being able to see her do it on the side with a team and kind of talk to her about it was really cool rather than just being on the other time, other side, just, all right, here we go. Let's go compete again. Okay. Let's go compete again. It was just cool to see her in her element as a teammate rather than an opponent. Yeah. And like you mentioned before, the hitters were so good. Like the, I mean, in general, the, our sport has many great hitters, but yeah. it almost feels like 
one, it feels like a hitter's game only because there's, I mean, you get 40 points for a home run. So mm-hmm. I don't know if that just means everybody's jacked up to hit home runs every time they get up to the box or what, but what was it like facing? I mean, every hitter has hit, it seems like it's almost hard. a home run, but there is, yeah. Yeah. There was not a lineup that I didn't want to face out of all five weeks. It was like, geez, like there's just so many good hitters in here <laughs> that I, I had to come out ready to attack. And I feel like it did take my game to that next level. Mm. Cause I know that in like the past there's like, Oh, like, okay, I'm just going to throw, I'm just going to throw. But it was like a whole different level of competitiveness and being able to work with my catcher and really understand what these hitters can do. And you can't miss, you cannot miss in this league. Mm-hmm. And we found that out. <laughs> yep. You found that out. I found that out multiple times. Heck I gave Erica Piancastelli one third of her home runs this year, all on the same pitch. And wow. I'm still learning. Like I know, I know I'm never going to throw a curveball again. So Stella, you are never getting a curveball ever again. Um, <laughs> I hope she's listening right now. <laughs> um, but you learn, you grow. And I threw that pitch three times, three times I threw that pitch and I didn't get it inside and she hit a bomb every single time. So yes, it's frustrating. Was I mad at myself? Absolutely. But I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep learning. I'm going to keep figuring that if I do throw her a curveball, I'm going to throw it at her hands. And if I hit her, I hit her. I'm sorry, Steli. But if I hit her, I hit her. So there's just so many great athletes out there. Um, Amanda Chittister, uh, Megan Wiggins, Narisa Myers, Savannah Janquish, Gwen Svekis, Victoria Hayward, Haley McClenney, just all these amazing athletes that I did not want to face, but I was going to do whatever I can to embrace it and grow as a player. Mm. Such a good answer. I love that. And I love that. Well, one, you've already shown that you're very competitive and you're always looking for ways (laughs) to beat people, which if you play the sport of softball, you better be that way. Mm -hmm. But it's almost like, and this is something that I observed as someone just watching the league itself. The hitting got better every week. The pitching got better every week. Mm -hmm. Everything just kept elevating and piling up on itself And I feel like, well, one, you play more games. That's just how it is, right? This is why postseason softball or, you know, now we're in MLB postseason. It's just the best softball, the best baseball, because you have a bunch of games under your belt. You've Mm -hmm. already faced these hitters a bunch of times. Now it's like, who's going to rise to the occasion when it matters most? So I'm, my, my blood is pumping right now thinking about what it was like for you to see that. But do you feel the same way? Like you were, um, you know, a more competitive pitcher week five versus week one, because you got to study and learn. Absolutely. Yeah. So one of my biggest part, one of the biggest things that I loved about athletes unlimited when it first came to me and like, we started recruiting everybody, I was going to play with people that I've only played against my entire life. And I, I was going to have to play against people that I've only played with, like um, Abby Ramirez. I played with her through Michigan and through Bandits, and I've only played with her. So I was like, dang, like I actually have to play against Abby now, mm-hmm. and I actually have to pitch to her. And I was not looking forward to it. So being able to like compete against them and go from week one where it was we had our first week. The week one to week two is probably the biggest change for a lot of people is that your week one team you became close with in this short Mm -hmm. amount of time. And then you were on a completely different team. And I remember, I don't think I'm the only pitcher in the league that had this experience that I just remember being like, Oh man, she was on my team last week. Like I want her to do well, but like, (laughs) Oh, and 
that did not work. There were some hits off me. There were some home runs off me. And I was like, no, I don't care if you were on my team last week. This is a different team. Mm-hmm. I'm going to attack you. Maybe we'll be on the same team next week. But for this weekend, you're my opponent. And I'm yeah. just going to go after you and get you out. So, so being able to go through that process week to week and then finally getting to week five and knowing that they were getting better as the pitchers were getting better, it was hard as a pitcher. You just had to keep working and working and working and the hitters were going to keep working and working and working. And it was just, may the best man win, honestly. Best woman win. (laughs) (laughs) We knew what you meant. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. (laughs) I have poured my heart and my soul into something magical, and it is called the Smash Tribe membership. So if you're a hitter that's looking for a huge library of drills, some workouts that you can do from home to gain power and strength and connection between your upper half and lower half, and simply just some workouts that you can do from home. This Smash Drive Academy membership was built in the middle of COVID because there were so many people asking for these things. And honestly, if you would take all of my best coaching content and put it into one place, this membership is where it's at. Um, Also perks of being a member is you can do virtual one-on-one training with me. You can get a video swing analysis from me. You can get so many things inside this membership that I'd be doing a disservice if I didn't tell you about it. So the Smash Drive membership can be found at www.com ashleybtraining.com and just head to join the smash tribe and you'll be able to see more things that you have access to including an epic t-shirt that i've had made for every single member and you get the always grind 365 hitters notebook as well by being a member so if you guys are already super excited to become a member maybe pause this podcast and become a member today because you get the perks as soon as you sign up. So I can't wait to see you guys become members of my Smash Drive and be a part of this exclusive community. I'm so excited to have you guys in on all of the things. And you're also the first to know all the cool things as well. So with that, head to www.ashleybtraining.com and see how you can become a member today. I can't wait to meet you on the inside. All right, let's get back to the episode. You know, speaking of just the league in itself, you were a member of the player executive committee. Yes. Right? Can you explain what that is, first of all? Because, mm-hmm. I mean, pe- some people listening may not even know what Athletes Unlimited is. This is the inaugural season, which if those are those people, go listen to Sam Fisher's episode because we we go into detail, the point system and everything. But, mm-hmm. you know, you're, and Sam was also a member of this committee. But can you explain, you know, what the process was being on this committee, having control of who you're recruiting for the league, mm-hmm. what the league is going to look like itself? What was that like for you? So about almost a year ago, it would be a year on October 7th, so next Wednesday, um, Gwen Speckis, Vic Hayward, and another member, uh, Jade Rhodes, who she ultimately had to pull out from AU because she got her dream job. And mm. it's so amazing for her. And I'm just really excited for her to go change the world and just do amazing things out there. So we took a day trip to New York and had this idea pitched to us. And we were all just kind of like, okay, we don't know where this is going to go, but we're intrigued. We're excited. It's going to empower women's sports. It's going to change the game of softball. Like, let's just do it and see what happens. And as the months went on and like the weekly meetings that we had went on, we ended up being the player executive committee who helped with 
all the rules, all the policies and procedures, the uniforms, the recruiting of 56 players, figuring out that we didn't just want the best 56 athletes, which it turned to be 57, but we didn't just want the best athletes. We wanted good social media following. We wanted good human beings, people that would mesh well together and fully represent AU really, really well. And just being able to really showcase this sport in a whole different way. So leading up to it and going through everything, we saw the whole business side of things of launching a league. And it's really cool to say that us five helped launch Athletes Unlimited from day one. Mm-hmm. So in 20 years, when this is so big and these softball players and then volleyball and lacrosse and whoever else joins, like all these amazing sports that in 20 years, we can say that we, we made this. We were here from the very beginning where these two guys had this crazy idea and we just went with it and it turned out to be like the coolest thing in the entire world. So being on the player executive committee, there's a lot of responsibility. There is a lot of good things and bad things we had to go through, especially during a pandemic and Mm -hmm. figuring out how we were going to continue this league without fans and all this stuff. But one really cool thing is that Athletes Unlimited was kind of formed for a pandemic. It's one vacation. 56 people we Mm -hmm. weren't traveling and we were able to be in the shield by our like just just us having your bubble in our little bubble of our (laughs) shield and it was just it was so cool just to see the process and thinking back of where we were a year ago sitting in this big office looking over central park to being able to play on such a big just such a big show and such a big stage that we made this, we created this, and it's only going to go up from here. And we're so excited to make adjustments and figure out how we can be better, how what we need to change for the league next year, hoping we have fans as well, and just going through the whole process. I love being a player executive committee member. I love who we have because we work well together. Gwen Speckis, Vic Hayward, Sam Fisher, Jasmine Jackson, and myself, we all complement each other in so many beautiful ways that we just really understand each other and we can really get all the information out that, that we need there. And I wouldn't want to be through this experience with anybody else. Yeah. I love that you mentioned it was made for a pandemic because mm-hmm. now that you say that, it makes me think that because we were in a pandemic, it actually grew our sport, especially because mm-hmm. of TV. And, yes. you know, we're all, we were all, I'm thinking of myself here again. We were all <laughs> in this place where we're like, we need an excuse to watch sports. Like Mm -hmm. we need something other than what we've been used to on Netflix. Like we've watched everything. Like it's time for something real and live and, you know, being in the softball world, of course, softball is just going to be above everything else, but it's like, we needed that. We were itching for sports and, you know, I think that it went amazing rating wise. What do you feel like the TV presence did for the league itself? I think it was so big. We we were talking about so many different ways to watch the game, like streaming, YouTube, Facebook. But as a PEC, we were like, no, like we want TV. We want the big stage. We want whatever we can do. And they realized that and they noticed that it was important. And during a pandemic, and then we found out that football was canceled. And so it gave us an opportunity to take over some more ESPN2 games rather than just ESPN3 which a lot of people don't fully know about. They don't know that they can go online and just watch it that way. So it was huge for us. And it grew this game. And um, you said that like being in this bubble in the shield, I'm actually like in a way not thankful that the pandemic is here and COVID exists, but thankful that we had this shield to be in just by ourselves. 
And it really helped us like get to know each other, have an appreciation for each other and just have these like genuine conversations and really understand why we are doing this for the sport of softball, not just to, not just to play softball. Like we love playing softball, but to help grow women's sports and professional softball and like uh, these younger generation and these kids and these parents, kids that are listening, just being able to show them that, Hey, you can do this one day, maybe mm. not next year. Cause you are only going to be 11 years old, but <laughs> in 10 more years, 12 more years after college, you can do this and you can be on this big stage and it's only going to be 10 times better. Mm. Oh, I'm so happy that this is a thing because <laughs> when we were growing up, we're the same age. When we mm-hmm. were growing up, the only professional or any softball on TV was the Olympics and the yep. Women's College World Series. We had yeah. nothing else. And I didn't really know about the pro league when I was growing mm-hmm. up. I didn't really know it existed. And obviously, like, it couldn't have been a dream of ours if we didn't see it. You know, the only yeah. professional softball was really Team USA, and that was it. Yeah, but I, now- feel like, I feel like with that, it's like we knew there was Team USA, and then the Olympics, then we weren't in the Olympics after 2008. Yeah. So it's like, so we were like, oh, like, yes, we want to play. Yes, we play in college, but what's there for us afterwards? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I know. And that's like the coolest thing. And it gives me goosebumps thinking about how you and I played against each other in the league mm-hmm. and, you know, being big 10 opponents, the way that we were, it was, it was kind of crazy how our relationship even started. Um, yeah. because <laughs> I mean, you had just come off of 2015 was the year you guys got second in the women's college world series. Mm-hmm. And I was telling you off the cuff before this, how, even though we were opponents in the big 10, I wanted you guys to win so bad. I was sitting mm-hmm. there. I was just like, go Big Ten, go Blue. Never said that in my life. <laughs> go win the dang thing, Haley. And it was so fun watching you, you know, go through every stage of, of postseason. And I know we're kind of reverting back to before Athletes Unlimited, but obviously that experience in itself helped you become, you know, eligible to play pro and mm-hmm. be able to play on the biggest stages now. So I guess, long story short, how would you say that that experience, you know, playing for Michigan, one of the top teams in the Big Ten, one of the top teams in the country, going to get second in, in the Women's College World Series, how did that help you evolve to eventually be able to be picked up by the NPF and start playing professionally? Yeah, so getting to the World Series, so I was injured my sophomore year. And I went to the World Series, but I couldn't play. I was injured. And it was so devastating to me knowing that like, I was in OKC. I was at Hall of Fame Stadium. I was in the dugout and I couldn't contribute and I couldn't help my team. And I could, I did. I cheered. I did whatever I could in the dugout. But like, mm-hmm. I'm a gamer. I'm a competitor. I want to have the ball in my hand. And it was so hard for me not to be able to do that. And I want to do whatever I could to get back there for Michigan softball and do my part to help bring a national championship home. So really getting to the World Series and then going day by day, I knew my career was coming to an end. And at that point, I didn't know I was going to play professionally. So I knew I only had a certain number of games left in my career. And I wanted to wear my jersey and play until the very last possible day. And that was a big motivation for me internally. Just like that was my small goal that I had that I wanted to keep going and keep playing. And I would do whatever I can to get there for Michigan softball and just to be able to play until that very last day. So after the World Series, I was devastated. I was, I mean, we became, we're second place, which amazing experience. I love that team. Team 38, 
we'll live on forever. Like we're best friends. We still talk all the time. Like that team is so special. All my other teams are special, but just what we went through that year, just so, so special. And I thought my career was over. I was sad. I was devastated. I didn't know what I was doing with my life afterwards. Um, and then Pennsylvania rebellion coach called Hutch and was like, Hey, like Haley wasn't drafted. We would love for her to come here. And can you see if she's interested? So Hutch told me I packed up my life two days later, moved to Pennsylvania and played for two years there and also um, had the chance to go play in Italy and for six weeks. And we won the Italian cup with Maddie O'Brien who went to FSU. And that was the first taste of like, I'm going to Italy to play with an opponent and with a rival that has be has been me so many times. So it was just mm-hmm. really cool to see that aspect, but being in the world series and having that mindset of like, wow, this could be my last game and I will do whatever I can has kind of fueled me to continue going. Cause I never thought I'd still be playing six years later, six seasons later. Mm. I never thought I was going to be at this place in my life where I just helped launch a professional softball league and professional women's sports league that it's crazy to think if that didn't happen, where would I be? And just one decision can completely change your life forever. And if I didn't say yes to that decision in Pennsylvania, I would not be where I am today. Thank God so I think, they called yeah. you. Right? Thank Ooh. you. Thank you, Craig Montevides. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that story. And I love hearing that story because I know you, but I don't know all of those details. Mm-hmm. And oh my gosh, my I got goosebumps when you talked about how you were going to ride that Michigan uniform as long as you could. You were going to do whatever it took for you guys to go as far as you can. And just the fact that you got that far, holy crap, like that mm-hmm. is so cool. And I'm relating to this story because I, I can, it's so weird thinking about this because you tend to play different when you play like it could be your last game. Yeah. It could be your last softball game that you've ever Mm -hmm. played in your life. And you just bring out this extra edge that you don't normally have, but that you realize you needed to Mm -hmm. bring out your best. And, you know, it's funny you say that because I felt the same way in a pretty uniform. Like, Mm -hmm. did we get to regionals? No, we didn't. But that senior season of mine was the best season. And I attest it to the mm-hmm. fact that that was it for me. Like that was going to mm-hmm. be it again. I had no idea NPF was in the cards, but every time I was going to be in that uniform, I was going to go all out. I was going to yep. be so tired at the end of every game because I gave everything that I had. Mm-hmm. And you and I are both testaments to the fact that when you do that, you get seen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, Absolutely. When you, and when you do that, people are watching and I hope that brings at least a little bit of light to anybody that, you know, wants to pursue college softball. It's like you stand out when you play like every game could be your last. Mm-hmm. You stand out when you play the game with heart and when you play with as much passion as you have. I seriously loved watching you pitch. Every time you were pitching, I was like, yes, I'm locked in. Every <laughs> single pitch she throws, I'm all in because it's such – it's just the way you are. It's addictive. And like to be able to see someone who loves the game and plays it with every ounce that she has, how can you not love watching? And it's just, it's so inspirational to be able to see professional softball, college softball, USA softball next year, like seeing everybody play and compete on the biggest stage Mm -hmm. because the people there 
they are all in. Mm -hmm. And just thinking about, you said like uh, Olympics next year and everything, Team USA, all this says, Kat, so Kat Osman, she won, she was the leader, number one leader uh, for Athletes Unlimited. And she gave a speech at the end. And I don't know if everybody saw it or who saw it, but she said that we are playing today because she continued to play. Megan Wiggins continued to play. Gwen Svekas continued to play. All these people continued to play for the sport and the love of the game for the younger generation. And just thinking about like, what if Kat didn't continue to play? Mm. Where would we be today? Where would we be in the softball world without those people, without the Kelly Kretschmans of the world, without the Jess Mendoza's, without all these amazing, amazing athletes continuing to play because they love the game and they just want to be competitive and become the best versions and athletes of themselves that where would we be? And that like really hit me the other day. I was like, yes, like, thank you for playing because I wouldn't be here without all those that are older than me. Yeah. So if you could pick out like one or two people in your life that you know, maybe influenced you to play with as much passion as you do or love the sport as much as you do, who would those people be for you? That's so hard. I have four people that come into my mind right away. So I'm going to make that two because one <laughs> is the entire Michigan coaching staff. <laughs> yes. Carol Hutchins, Bonnie Pull, and Jennifer Brundage. They just like lit a fire in me after so many years. My, my career there was not easy mentally. I would... Um, I had a lot of training with our athletic counselor and just being able to figure out who I am outside of the softball world and mm. being able just to compete and have that mental toughness to just go after it. And that I am so much bigger than just Haley Wagner, the softball player, Haley Wagner, the pitcher at Michigan, that I'm so much bigger than that. And that really helped me. And they really helped me in so many beautiful, amazing ways. I am the Michigan woman I am today because of those three. Mm. And I can't thank them enough. Like, I talked to them all the time. I was talking to Jen Brundage um, and all of them actually throughout this entire thing. And Jen Brundage was still helping me with my pitching. So there was a point week two or three where she called me and was like, Hey, like you can ignore this if you want, but this is what I'm seeing. And I went back and watched and I was like, yep, she's right. I didn't doubt her for a second, but like, she's right. What was it? Um, What'd she see? I was having a soft front leg instead of really resisting off my front leg and being strong with all my pitches. So Mm. With all pitches, you have a strong front leg, strong, firm front leg. And a lot of times on people's changeups, they soften up their front leg to make it a slower pitch. When yeah. in reality, you have to have a firm front leg on all your pitch. And what slows your pitch down is your spin and how you release it and how hard you snap it. Mm-hmm. So she saw that. I watched I it. I worked that. on it. I love that she reached great. out to you. That's yeah, awesome. it was so amazing. My other person would be my travel ball coach, Craig Weaver. I started with him in 04 and he took a chance on me. I was this girl from Orange, California. He was up in Yorba Belinda and didn't really know. He just knew that I could throw hard at that age. And he took a chance on me and we went through a lot. And he's like my second dad and love everything that he has done for me. He's one of my biggest supporters. He was texting me throughout this entire Athletes Unlimited, just how proud he was watching the game just being completely soaked into it. He bought my Haley Wagner jersey, like t-shirt, <laughs> just sent me a picture of it. It was just so great that his passion for coaching us and making us better really, that's where a lot of my passion comes from it because he was so committed to us on courage that that's what I wanted. That's what I want to do for other, um, for younger girls and the next generation and being able to instill that passion that I got from him and Hutch and Bonnie and Biggie. And 
just try to emulate that to the best I can. I can never match that with what they give, but I want to do what I can to help those. Yeah, they've helped you figure out how your version of passion in mm-hmm. this game was going to be. That's so awesome. One of the questions that I planned to ask you was to talk about Hutch because, you know, playing against Hutch is so scary because, <laughs> I mean, I hope she listens to this because she, I mean, growing up, I would watch her coach from the third base and I'm like, she is so intimidating but she is so passionate. Like every single time her players do well, she's screaming and jumping up and down. Like, let's Mm -hmm. go. Like she loves the game, plays with so much, or she doesn't play, but like she's coaching with so much heart that it's just, it's just one of those things where I'm not surprised she helped teach you passion because she just lives it. And I think that's one of the best coaches out there do. They, they coach with passion. Therefore their players are going to play with passion. So it was so fun always playing against Michigan. And I will say this, I was not planning on saying this, but when we beat you our junior year, that was one of the best days of my life. Y'all were ranked number four in the country. Well, I think it was like 2014. And it it was, um, that was at Purdue, right? It was at Purdue on our old field. Cause now they have this like $13 million stadium. That's just amazing. That's so amazing. So before we had that stadium, I was like, Michigan stadium's my favorite. (laughs) Like Mm -hmm. I love playing in your stadium, but yeah, now that we have this crazy thing, I'm like, geez, where was that freshman year? Anyway. Um, (laughs) but yeah. So when we beat you, I, I thought we were all going to die because Hutch was not okay. She like, no. we were in opposite, I think outfields, like obviously, and we, we were listening to the entire conversation Hutch was having with you guys. We could hear everything she was saying. <laughs> and we were like, oh my gosh. But then you guys go out and beat us like 11 to zero the next game. So, you know, Whatever that only she said got, worked. <laughs> <laughs> that, we only got to live that out for a second, but you know, oh. I had to throw that in there only because, you know, it was scary beating Hutch, but it was also still scary playing Hutch. But mm-hmm. um, that's so cool that she's one of the first people to come to mind with, you know, yeah. who brought you passion and she coaches with it. It's just so fun to see how like you're evolving because of the impact she and those other coaches mm-hmm. have made on your life. Oh, that I'm is so sorry. cool. That is so cool. Speaking of people that have impacted you. So you had a sister who, who pitched in college, correct? Mm-hmm. Yep. What she was type- a lefty. She was a lefty pitcher and she played at UNLV. That's awesome. So what type of impact, I mean, you, you mentioned earlier how, you know, she was understanding the game at a rate that, you know, you weren't quite at at the same age, but how did she impact you into getting into the game? Um, so when she started pitching, she started pitching around eight years old. I started pitching when I was seven. So she would have been 10 at that time. And I just remember like just mimicking her everywhere. I just put my arm in a circle and like in the grocery store when they're walking around in the house, just going and going, putting myself in a pitching motion and just seeing how well she was, how much fun she was having, how good she was at it. Like, I just wanted to be like my big sister. Mm -hmm. I was like seven years old. So I didn't fully like process anything, but I was like, I want to be my big sister. And throughout my entire career, she's been one of my biggest supporters Um, throughout my entire Michigan career um, with AU this year, just, being able to watch and talk to her at a whole different level of it has been really fun as well. And she really impacted my life being able to just have fun with it, do what I want to do. And just being one of my biggest supporters along with my mom, dad, and my little brother, he is so invested in this league (laughs) when I was, so I was the first gold captain 
of AU and that was so awesome. So amazing to do. And he texted me right afterwards and was like, so who are you going to draft? What's your thought process? What's your strategy? <laughs> um, after the draft, he was like, okay, what's, what's your lineup? Who are you going to like, you're going to start yourself, right? Then what's, what's your hitting lineup going to be? Why, why don't we put Abby here and Chitty here? And like, so, so invested. It was so cool and so much fun. Aww. So he, he played baseball too. He just graduated last year in 2019 from Georgetown um, College in Kentucky. And he is actually an NAIA uh, Rawlings Gold Glove winner. Wow. So I think my brother is kind of cooler than me. That's so <laughs> legit. Yeah, he has like a real gold glove at home, like at my parents' house. And it's so cool. Like, he's pretty cool. Wow. So just seeing him and our passion for baseball and softball. And we grew up watching baseball all the time, the Angels. And my parent, neither of my parents played. So my dad was a wrestler. He played a little bit of baseball, I think, one time in his life, um, but mainly a wrestler. And my mom apparently ran hurdles, but I don't know where none of us got that vertical jump or the speed. So <laughs> I don't really know what happened with that, but it's, um, it's just crazy to think that they never played and all these amazing athletes, most, a lot of them have these stories of, oh, my parents played here. My parents did that. And just seeing that my parents were so committed to us and so passionate about what we wanted to do with our lives and sports and where all three of us went with our life is so amazing. And just a huge testament of like how committed my parents were and how much they love us and how much they just want us to have a better life that they ever had. Mm -hmm. And they'll tell you that too. My dad's like, you're doing things that I wish I did. And I want you to continue to go do so many more things. And my uh. mom feels the same way. And just their support, my sister's support. It's just one big, happy baseball, softball family <laughs> who they make me proud. I want to make them proud. And in the end, like, yes, I'm playing for the younger generation. I'm playing for all these amazing people. But if my family is proud of me, then I'm content with life. I am happy. I just want to make them proud. Mm. They have so much to be proud of. And the fact Thank that, you. you know, you looked up to your older sister and your little brother looked up to both of you. It's like, mm -hmm. and then you have parents who they don't know how you're going to get a college scholarship. They don't know how you're going to mm -hmm. get all, this, all these things done, but they're going to do whatever it takes to get you as far as you can. They're the whole reason yep. why you, you're standing where you are today. And I think, yeah. and that's what I love about this podcast. I know I probably say this every week, but it's so good to be able to see how you got to where you are and your sister and your brother and, you know, other athletes that you're playing alongside in the Athletes Unlimited League and for the Bandits, which mm -hmm. how cool that you get to play Athletes Unlimited in the Bandit Stadium. That's uh, so amazing. So I cool. It so much. Oh. I bet. Like, I just, I get goosebumps thinking about, you know, what that could have been like for you. Mm -hmm. But it's just so neat to be able to see all of this come to fruition when your parents are sacrificing and you see how far you can get simply because they're like, we don't know how we're going to get there, but we're going to help you as much as we can. Mm -hmm. So cool. So cool. And hearing about your little brother coming up with lineups. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. So cool. He that's was invested on Twitter. He was trying <laughs> to make me come out of hitting retirement this year. And I was like, Tyler, I haven't swung a bat or seen a moving ball in four years. Like, we need to calm down. But he was he was well known in the AU world of athletes on <laughs> trying to get me to come out of hitting re retirement. Yeah. Maybe next maybe next year. We'll see. I know. I was actually <laughs> thinking the same thing. I was like, I remember Haley used to hit, but like mm -hmm. you never hit in the league. And I was just like, Well, I mean, when you think about it, these hitters, 
that's their baby. That's their version yes. of pitching. So it, it just a, makes yeah. sense. And that's another thing. I'm like, these hitters are so good. Like, I don't even know if I can come out of retirement and be a third of what these hitters are. Like, <laughs> yes, it's going to take the dedication and passion and I'll be competitive and I will do what I can, mm-hmm. but it's like so hard to even think about. Yeah. And that's the beauty of the league. It's like you have all these different players that are really good at different things and they're all unifying and figuring out how they can win together. It was amazing to watch. So, Mm -hmm. so what's in the future for athletes unlimited? So for athletes unlimited, it's not just softball. We are actually launching volleyball as well in February of 2021. And then there are some other sports in the works that they're still figuring things out, but this isn't just for softball It is for women's sports in general and investing and trying to grow the game and grow all these amazing women's sports, women empowerment, everything. And it's so great to see for the softball side of things. We are coming back for season two in 2021 in Rosemont. And I'm so excited to be back there. And throughout the next couple weeks, I think as a PC and everybody on the top of it, Sherry Kemp, John Patrickoff, Jonathan Soros, Anna Drucker and Vivian Lebaton, we are all going to figure out where we can go from here with softball, how we can improve, how we can grow the game even more. And down the line, hopefully we'll have more teams, more athletes, maybe a longer season. And we're just going to figure it out. Like there's the sky's the limit for this. And it is so amazing that John and Jonathan have invested so much of their life and money into this that like we can't thank them enough for having this crazy inventive idea and just running with it and having it be what it is today. So huge things in store for Athletes Unlimited on so many different sports. Go to auprosports.com and just learn up about volleyball, see who the athletes are and just see where we're going from here. There's so many cool things. Yeah. And man, it did beyond what I ever thought it could do mm-hmm. in season one. And that just makes me even Same. more excited <laughs> to see what season two and beyond is going to be like. So mm-hmm. you better believe I'm going to be in the stands in Chicago as long as yes. COVID allows me to. Yep. And I'm going to be watching you compete. I mean, it is two hours away from me, but easy drive. I'm going to go drive. hang out. Yeah. Who knows? Maybe I I'll... I'll try to do some BP while I'm out there too, just for fun. Cause I can't, I can't get enough of this league and everything that you guys are up to. So thank you so much for being on the pod. This was so much fun. I told you, you have, you still have five more questions to ask for me. They're going to be quick okay. ones, but before we get into that, where can people follow you? You already told people where they can go check out the league, but mm-hmm. if they want to be, I mean, I don't know who wouldn't be a huge Haley Wagner fan after this conversation, but if they became that and wanted to follow you, where can, where can they follow you? What's your favorite platform to hang out on? I'm mainly on Instagram and Twitter. Both of my handles are at HeyWag17. So you can follow me there on Facebook. I do have a Haley Wagner athlete page, so you can go ahead and follow me there and just kind of stay up to date, but mainly I'm on Instagram and Twitter. Awesome. Awesome. Everybody go do that. I'll make sure it's in the show notes so you guys can check that out. Before I let you go, I got five more questions for you. Here we go. Are you ready for these? (laughs) I'm ready. (laughs) I'm excited. They're easy. They're honestly so easy. I know I get people so amped up for them. Like they're really not that hard. Um, (laughs) This one may be the easiest one, but what's your favorite thing about softball? Having fun. (laughs) I just love having fun out there. Honestly, just have fun out there. (laughs) You always play with a smile and I'm like, (laughs) This is why we're friends, because yeah. that's that's how we play. I've except been smiling ex- since birth. I was going to say, except for when you're on the mound looking at people, you're so intense and scary. But other than that, you're amazing. 
and you always play with so much joy. I love that about you. Okay, so what is one of the biggest lessons that your parents taught you growing up as a pitcher? Um, to never give up, to keep going, to keep pushing, to keep learning, and to keep growing. And that's as a pitcher, but also a human being. Just keep learning, go out there, have fun, take in all the conversations, all the stories, and just never give up in anything that you do. Mm, I love that. So good. What would you tell 10-year-old Haley that she needs to know? She needs to hear. (laughs) I would tell 10-year-old Haley that sky's the limit and just have fun playing softball. Go out there. Don't overthink it. Enjoy where you at for that where you're at for that day and that moment and that game and just have fun. Continue that smile. Don't take things too seriously. Obviously on the mound, be serious and attack the hitters. But just have fun with it and don't overthink it. You're gonna have bad days. You're gonna have days that are struggle, but you have to have a short memory. Forget about it, learn from it, grow from it, and move on from there. Oof. Great answer. Again, I hope everybody's taking notes because I think we all needed to hear that right now. Who was your biggest role model growing up? Uh, my sister. <laughs> 100% my older sister, Kylie. She is the reason I'm pitching today. She is the reason that I wanted to be playing softball and I just wanted to be just like her. Mm, I love that. I love that. Well, before I ask this final question, I need to say one more thing. You are a light in this game. You are so fun to watch. You play with so much passion and heart, and I'm so excited to see where this game takes you. I'm honestly, internally, still a little bit jealous you get to continue playing at 27. I decided to get out when I did. So this was one of those things where you knew this was your love. You knew this is like something that you want to keep continuing to do from forever and ever. Amen. And you got this entire podcast. You got me supporting you in everything that you do you're going to do such amazing things in the game and you already have so thank you thank you thank you, so you. Much. thank if you, you for being wanna, a light <laughs> if you ever want to um come out of retirement i know some people who can uh, help you get through there <laughs> well as i sip my coffee um <laughs> I was actually let, me know, just, let me know. i was just talking about that today with some of my athletes i was working with i'm like i'm still competing with you i mean they're a lot younger than me, but I'm still competing every time I have a lesson. So who knows? We'll see. Yeah. Let, <laughs> we'll me, see. let me know. <laughs> oh man. I just got really excited. Okay. Last question. <laughs> Last question okay. before we sign off. How do you, Haley Wagner, want to be remembered in this game? I want to be remembered as somebody that wants to help others and help them grow and to learn from my past experiences. I feel like I have kind of been through every situation, especially as a pitcher, I've been the starter. I've been the second person. I've been the reliever. I've been the injured. I've been the sitting the bench. I've been all of it. And that has ultimately helped me be where I am today and helped me grow as a pitcher. And I want to be somebody remembered that can help people become the best pitcher and versions of them, of their themselves through my past experiences. And just, and just to be a smiley person and happy. I love it. I love it. We need to stick together as smiley and happy people. Yes. I love it. And I know so many people are going to listen to this and be like, man, this brought me so much joy. I know, I know that's the case. It's been the case for me this entire interview. I just want to thank you again. This was so much fun having you on the show. I'm already looking forward to the next time I can get you on here because you have so much you know, knowledge as a pitcher and your experience playing high-level softball. And the game is growing because of people like you. And I'm so grateful 
that you could be on the show today. Thank, thank you so much for having me. And I might be growing the game on the field, but you're growing the game in so many amazing ways. And thank you for having this podcast. Oh, thanks, girl. You're the best. We need to get together now. <laughs> yes, let's do it. <laughs> so there you have it. Another episode of When the Cleats Come Off is completed. And if you loved it, I would love if you shared this with your softball community. The only way this game grows is if we have people like you that are eager to learn more and are eager to also share that new knowledge with other people. So if this episode really brought somebody that you know into fruition in your brain and you know that they can learn from this conversation, I would love it if you shared it with them because the more people that can learn from this type of conversation, I think the better the game of softball gets. And who knows, maybe this will be shared with other people in other sports because I truly believe some of these conversations, they don't just hit the game of softball, they hit all sports. And if there are people that come to your brain, I would love more than anything if you shared it. If you do share it, make sure you tag me on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, whatever social platform you hang out on. I would love to see that you're sharing this and I would love to see some of your favorite parts. If you do share it, make sure to tag me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Guys, I'm even on TikTok, Ashley V Training and at Smashly underscore four is where you can find me. And make sure you tell me which part was your favorite. I want to know what resonated with you so that I can create more content like that for you to share with your softball community. I can't wait to share another episode with you. Same time, same place next week. See you later.